Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association, where we feature stories about projects and programs in Michigan's fantastic downtowns. This is Annette Knowles. In today's episode, we learn about the events pivot in Flint Township that shifted the focus of events into the district's businesses. Economic Enhancement Director Tracy Tucker explains the rationale and implementation. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to In My Downtown. Today's guest is Tracy Tucker, the Economic Enhancement Director and Deputy Clerk for Flint Township. Hello, Tracy. Hi, how are you today? I am excellent. How are you? Good, good. Happy to be here. Great. Well, I'm so excited to have you as a guest. Actually, I think this is your second time as my guest, so welcome back. Today, we're here to uh, talk about events in Flint Township. And I think it will be helpful to our listeners to get a little bit of bearings around what the downtown area in Flint Township looks like. So can you, to set the stage, kind of describe what your downtown area looks like? So our downtown, we don't have a downtown. (laughs) That's part of the issue. That's why we've had to change things up a lot. We have a business district. We actually have our Miller Road, Bristol Road, Corona Road, which Corona uh, Road is a state highway. Uh, Linden Road is a five-lane road that's basically businesses and uh, offices, and then goes into residential. We abut I-75 and I-69, so we have a corridor, Miller Road, which is our uh, retail corridor, and then we have some spurs off that. We also have an airport here, so. We have a huge geographic area of businesses, but no actual downtown. Okay. And I can see how that would impact event planning as opposed to that traditional downtown, just because there, I'm guessing there really isn't like a central gathering place in that context. Yeah, you would be correct. I mean, our main gathering place or has been in the past was the mall because we do have Genesee Valley Center, which is a indoor mall and we have several strip malls, but we don't have a large green space or a large uh, community space. Uh, We do have a small park that we have used for some gatherings, but we just don't have anything that would have major parking Um, like a lot of the areas do. Well, given those challenges and without that traditional downtown or specified downtown area, how did you do events in the past? So in the past, the way we had done events was we would have a gathering either at the mall or we would have something that was at our our small park, which we still do. Um, Our national night out is still done at our park. The challenge is because it is small and we don't have a huge parking area around it. So one of the challenges we we face because we don't have a traditional downtown uh, and we have a lot of national chains that are here, it's very hard to get them involved in something, a lot of them. We have like Walmart and Sam's that always like donate and stuff, but to get them involved is, is uh, difficult. And then like the restaurants that are national chains just don't, they don't have the tie, right? So we were looking at with COVID because the single site venue getting 400 people in a small area was not a good idea, right? Or have our own events. However, we had partners, especially with our Trunks and Treats event, 
which we work with uh, our local 911, Genesis County 911, and we work with a lot of different venues. We used to do it as a single event at the mall, but with COVID, we couldn't do that. So we looked at how can we do something differently, help them do something differently. And we did a drive-through. We did a drive-through trunks and treats so that you didn't have people all together. You could have some social distancing in that particular event. The kids still got to see the people, but that we had them put the bags in their trunk and we walked up to their trunk and put the treats in, but the kids still got to see everybody and they'd wave at them and stuff like that. So that was very successful, especially since nobody had anything going on in 2020. So the following year, we grew it a little bit and we decided let's continue the drive-through. We added a drive-through haunted house. We were working with a local dealership, Shea Automotive Group, and they allowed us to decorate their service space and so that the people could drive through the service bay and have a haunted house in there. And it, it was very successful that first year that we did that, we had around five or 6,000 people show up, yeah. so, <laughs> which created a whole new issue with traffic and all that, you know, how that goes. But it's grown. And last year we had about 10,000 people come. We have um, different uh, first responder agencies throughout the county participate. We had 30 different agencies last year and we'll have, uh, I think, 35 this year. So, yeah, so that's grown. So that was one way to do it. But with the multi-venue issue with our bunny trail and then our elf hunt, what we were trying to do was trying to get the national chains and the family businesses all involved and trying to get them all to have a sense of community. And so what we did was we decided that the events would be in their stores or their restaurants or whatever, but it would be a multi-week event instead of one day. We do two weeks or two and a half weeks, sometimes depends on how the, how the holidays fall. And then people will go into their venue to register for a prize, but also to see what's going on in their, in their venue or in their business. And then we do a singular event at the end. We did um, this year add a egg hunt at the end that was in the mall because the mall was big enough to do that. And we ended up this last one was because it was the first time we had an indoor hunt. It was crazy. We had so much participation and I was like, we never have had an egg hunt that had that many people at it. We had over 12,000 eggs and they were gone. I mean, like now, you know, it was crazy. And we had about 800 people show up for the egg hunt. And we had, um, 1200 over 1200 entries into the and they have to go into each venue to register for the prize at that venue so that kind of brings them to each place so it seems to me that first of all you're a victim of your own success almost <laughs> that, yes <laughs> yeah you planned this and it erupted more than you anticipated. So it kind of leads me to a follow-up question, which is how did you handle all that anticipated additional people? Uh, for the, for the egg hunt? 
for any of it. It just seems to me like you're, you obviously people are, we're starving for being able to get out and, and have some things to do and connect, you know, do some things with their families. Were you prepared for the popularity or the, you know, the, the amount of people that came? We had the Trunk or treat was the first one that we had the the excited <laughs> reaction from that we had. Uh, the biggest problem with that was traffic issues, right? But luckily, because we're dealing with first responder agencies with us, we had people that could help with the traffic. We've since changed how we get people into the venue. We've figured out how to manage the traffic. And the first year that we did it, 2021, we had backups on the state highway and <laughs> and on our roads for about an hour and a half. And our people that participated were so gracious that they stayed. The event actually lasted two hours longer than it was posted for or advertised for because they stayed until the last car got through the line. And what we did was uh, that first year when we had such a great turnout, I was literally running to the store buying more candy. And we had just enough when that last car went through. Now what we do, like I said, we changed how the traffic pattern was coming in. Because that first year you do it, you don't know that you're going to have that many people, right? What we did was, now that we've changed the traffic patterns and all that, it has helped get them off the roads and into the the venue. So that has helped. And we just plan to have extra, just in case, so I don't have to run at 7.30 at night to get more stuff, right? So that was helpful. We did, we have a great sponsor, Security Credit Union, who sponsors the candy. This year, we've got five pallets of candy and then we will still buy an extra 25 to 30 bags that we just keep back that if we need it we break it out we've done that with the bunny trail when we had we had planned for 400 and we had 800 show up that was a little more difficult because we were in an enclosed area the mall loved it because they had these people were all there, right? So they loved it. We kind of had an idea before the day of the event that we might have extra people. We had a post go viral that went out to like 45,000 people organically without being boosted or anything like that. And so we kind of had an idea that we might have a ton of people coming. We've always in the past tried to have prizes there for any kid that doesn't win a prize, right? Like a chocolate bunny or something like that. And so I had went the night before and I bought like every chocolate bunny that our local stores had. Um, Luckily we have a ton of stores. So I had about 400 chocolate bunnies, which were all gone by the end of that day. But we try to make sure that we can take care of that. But it's great to have that great turnout and you're always going to have a couple people that complain, but when you have 800 and I only got two complaints out of 800, I think you're doing pretty good. Sounds to me like by all accounts, everything has gone off pretty well. Um, has the business response uh, positive? 
Yeah, the businesses love it because they get these people coming in. I actually had one small business. He has a comic book store. And the first year that we did the bunny trail, we try to do some um, remotes with the ra the radio stations around here. We'll do live remotes in two or three venues every few days, depending on how much we have in sponsorship dollars to use. We'll do um, two or three venues every week or every three or four days, depending on what we have. And I took the radio station into this gentleman's small store and she was like, I didn't even know this was here. And the radio personality, she was just gushing over his place. And he, he was so thrilled because they got a lot of people coming in because they got that exposure. And we don't charge any of the stops anything to be a part of the event. The only thing we ask of them is to have a prize that they're raffling in their store that's of a value of $25 or more. So they can do a $200 prize, they can do a $25 prize, they can do whatever they want. And then we have them send us a picture so we can post it online and people can see what they have. So some of them really get into it. I've had, I had one place that had like a $500 prize and I'm like, you know, that's like something we could have had like as a main prize that got done. Oh no, I want them to come into my store and I want them to come in because of this price. I'm like, okay, that's fine. However you want to do it. Right. <laughs> so yeah, no, they love it. The elf hunt. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the time of year, um, with everybody busy with Christmas, the elf hunt, we, we still get the participation from the businesses. They like it we kind of put that together with small business Saturdays and stuff like that in December. We don't have as high of a participation rate from the public at that time. And I think it's because of all the holidays, but we still get a lot of people. And what's funny about it is I get more response from the businesses for the elf hunt that they love it than I do for the bunny trail, even though I, I get less, participants in the drawings. So it's, it's really odd. We also started in one, and this is another thing that the businesses really liked, and that may be why they like the elf hunt um, so much, because we started it with elf hunt, was we do an adult prize, up to five adult prizes, where they take a picture in the venue that they're at with the elf, and if they post it to our hashtag, they go into a drawing for adult prizes. The adult prizes are a hundred dollar gift certificate to one of the participating venues and they get to pick which one. So what's great about that is the venue gets all this free advertisement from their postings. Cause when they post, they have to post public. Well, that goes to all their friends and it goes to us and all the people on our Facebook page. So they love it cause they get all this this free advertising and the, we don't ask them to do anything for the elf hunt. They can include a prize with the elf, but the elf is the prize inside their venue. Do the, the businesses indicate to you that the, the they're getting that peripheral benefit of additional, you know, they're getting exposure, but are they, is that being followed up with additional sales later, or is there any mechanism to track that? 
it, it, well, it's hard to track that, right? Because you don't know why people went where they went other than tracking how many people do the entries. So we see a lot, I see higher entries for the kids at the Easter one than at the Christmas time one or during the elf hunt. But the elf hunt, I see more adult participation, so which is odd, right? So I don't know. I, I don't have a way to measure that. I, I talk to the businesses to ask them, you know, did you get people in? And they're like, oh yeah, we got people in that have never been here before or didn't know we were here or didn't know what we do or that kind of stuff. Because we'll even get office spaces that will participate in this. That's the great thing about it. We have like, uh, I had uh, a physical therapy place that um, was part of it. Um, so people can go in and see what they do, right? That That's kind of the idea of doing the multi-venue is so people will go in and familiarize themselves with a business. Lastly then, Tracy, sounds like you have, you know, challenges with your not having a downtown that you've addressed by creating these multi-venue events where people have to actually walk into the stores to participate, which I think is great. What are your event planning efforts going to look like from this point forward then? Pretty much we're kind of sticking with this. We've added, um, like we added the outdoor, or I mean, sorry, the indoor Easter egg hunt this year for the bunny trail. So we will do that again. Um, that was obviously very successful. We're looking at how we're going to manage the elf hunt We've tried doing a, at the end, having Santa Claus coming to town to find his elves and where the kids can come and see Santa Claus and get their picture with them and that kind of stuff. But we're looking at a way that we can work with the mall to uh, maybe do something with their Santa Claus. So again, that it would be an indoor event because it's very difficult to do outdoor events, right? You're so weather dependent. If it's too cold, people aren't going to come. And even for your volunteers, it's very difficult to do outdoor events, right? So we're looking at, that's one of our big challenges is, I guess the biggest challenge as in planning these events is parking and weather, right? So we're, we're trying to figure out ways that we can, you're always considering how can we help the businesses. It doesn't help the businesses if I have an event in a park. If I have an event in a venue that's one of our businesses or has multiple businesses like our mall, if I can do an event there, there's the benefit of getting people in their venue. That's how we're trying to plan out these events is how can we get people into the different venues and it still be a community event that's free for people to come to. That's been the biggest challenge, but we're we're trying to overcome those. The, we have, uh, like I said, uh, right now at this point, we have trunks and treats coming up and that's an outdoor event. But because the people are in their cars, they don't care if it's raining, <laughs> right? So that's one challenge that we got over with that one because we're like, they don't care. They're gonna come whether it's raining or snowing. It's our volunteers that will be the ones that are, might bristle a little, but the people we have that are the volunteers for that event 
are all in for it. They don't, they don't care if it's raining or snowing or what's going on. They're and, having a good time, right? <laughs> yeah. It's just a good time. It's so fun to see these little kids and they'll come and they're caught, even though it's drive through and they're not out walking, they love it. And they'll come all dressed in their costumes. And it's, it's so much fun that we really have a good time with that. And, and then when we did the elf hunt and we had Santa Claus coming to get his elves, we had a whole family that came dressed as elves. It was hilarious. I was so excited to see them. We got a lot of great pictures of them with people. So, but it's just so hard to be able to accommodate big groups of people when people want to still social distance somewhat, right? So you have to have areas where people can kind of be off to the side if they want to be and they're not crushed in a in a room, right? So uh, with the bunny trail, knowing that we had so many people that might show up, one of the things we did was we staggered times for the hunts. So we did like the littlest kids first, like toddlers and uh, four and under, I think it was. And then we did the next age group was like a half hour, 45 minutes later. And then we did the older kids last. But another reason why we did that was if people were late and missed the hunt and they had a little kid that missed that first one, they could still get in on a hunt. Because before, when you do the hunt and you did all the age groups at one time is what we did at one time because we did a drop from a fire truck. We did a egg drop. In 15 minutes, everything's done right? So then what are people doing, right? So we had to figure out a way to kind of draw it out. So first of all, you don't have everybody showing up at one time, but then also so that if somebody is late, you know, with their kid, you don't have a kid crying because they missed the icon. So we, is, we experienced that too. The worst part of doing any event is doing the first event, right? And figuring out who's going to show up, how many people to expect, how's, how many volunteers do you need? All those things, right? And and that's a big problem for everybody too, is getting volunteers. To help put, uh, put some perspective on it, how many staffers do you have working on the planning and execution of the events? Me? Just you. That's a, that's a lot uh, ambitious, ambitious schedule <laughs> for one person. But you know adult. what? I'll tell you, you know, I always hear people, you need to delegate, you need to delegate. I'm like, well, okay, so I have, I'm a staff of one. <laughs> I do have a chairman from one of our um, boards, and she's also a trustee that is excellent. She will help with going out and getting the venues. Um, so she's wonderful. So I just let her go for it. You do it. Don't be afraid to bring your sponsors in, the people that are, you know, helping with it. A lot of them will help. And then also like with this trunks and treats, this thing is huge. You can't do it by yourself. You got to have committees. You got to have people. And to be honest with you, um, we had partnered with Genesee County 911 and uh, years ago to do this. They wanted to take the lead. I'm like, go for it. You know, I, <laughs> that's fine with me. If you want to, if you want to do all the stuff with getting the people here and all that, uh, that's fine. I'll just help you with the marketing aspect. And you've got to be able to step back and let people that have the ability to do stuff, do it. Especially as a staff of one, I can't control everything. I don't need to micromanage everybody. 
if they know how to deal with people, let them do it. And the police are going to be way better about controlling traffic than me are. So I, I'm all for it. You guys do that. Definitely helpful to have reliable folks that you can um, help uh, implement the visions that you have for all of these events. Right. And if you can get a committee together, if you can get a committee of your sponsors or, or if you have good community partners like we have here and they want to be involved in the planning, bring them in, let them do it. Because there's going to be plenty of things for, for you to do without controlling every aspect of what's going on. Well, Tracy, it sounds like your hands are full. <laughs> it um, sounds like you need to get back to work. Yeah, back to work, lady. <laughs> so, I just uh, wanted to thank you for uh, joining us today on In My Downtown. Certainly the listeners will have a lot of uh, things to think about as they're considering what they would like to do with their events. You've been listening to In My Downtown, a podcast by the Michigan Downtown Association. We'd like to thank our guest, Flint Township Economic Enhancement Director, Tracy Tucker. See you next time.